Okay, let's begin the the work of 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 all of us. The work that we all need. The work that we all need to do. Um, the work. That's one of the reasons that we're we're put in this world, as we said yesterday. The work is the reminder of each and every one of us to remind ourselves why we're here on this world, to remember that the responsibility that every person, and specifically each and every one of us, especially in our situation as a, as a Jew, uh, as a person who's in yeshiva, specifically in this yeshiva, where we have a major, major responsibility to take after and look after ourselves. Ultimately, okay, then the Mishnah says, then you have to flow, overflow to other people. But the first uh, work that a person has to do, as the Gemara says, is that the work has to be done within oneself and uh, about oneself and to sort of be um, obsessed, you know, even though that has a negative connotation to be obsessed, but, it, but there's also a positive understanding of that also is that, is that I'm totally, totally, totally focused on my growth, on my, on my, on my thoughts, on my emotions, on my actions, on my life, on, on my life, which is really all of the above. But right? a person's life is the way he thinks, the way he lives, the way he walks, the way he talks, the way I feel, that is my life. What else is, is a person's life? Right, as we say, man boy chai, man boy chai. The Medrash says, when it comes to Lashon Hara, so it says, who wants life? Right, the Medrash says, who wants life twice? Twice, who wants life? Who wants life? And and the and the Mefarshim explain because it's not just about the next world. It's not about having a great next world. Not speaking about other people. That I don't talk about other people. It's what it's going to do for me in Olam Haba. Um, my neshama. No, who wants life in this world? Do I want to have a happy, productive, good life in this world? And the only way for a person to do that, not a way, not a way, the only way for a person to do that is to really be truly invested, to, to, be, to be invested on the highest level with himself and with self. And that's not selfish, that's not being selfish. Selfish people are people who don't take care of themselves. People who don't take care of themselves, they're selfish, they need to take from everybody else. A person who has proper self-care, a person who, I'm just giving examples, not that, not that I even do all these, I try. But I'm saying someone who, right, think about, I always say the way to tell, talk to understand your self-care is think about how you would care for a child. How would you care for somebody else? Right, what would you do? Would you feed your three-year-old kid you know, uh, a lot of sugar and potato chips 
and soda. Why don't you give a little baby, right? Give him a, in his bottle, give him a lot of Coke, you know, uh, uh, Pepsi. Why not? Why don't you do that? Because it's not healthy. So I want to make sure that I'm taking care of, right? Like I say, bring, put, put uh, headphones on the baby and, and have the baby listen to, you know, heavy rap music. No, no, nothing against rap music. I'm just saying, so do that. What's the big deal? Expose your little baby. Expose your child to everything. Why not? Why won't you do that? Because I love the baby. And I, and I want to make sure that the baby, you know, eats the best, thinks the best, you know, has the best opportunity to grow in the most proper, most beautiful way. As you've heard from me many times, I've said the example, and this is a secular thing that, that, that I remember hearing about many years ago about a, a, a it was a, a Chinese, there's a Chinese book, I never read the book, I heard about it, where they, had, they did a, um, I think it's Chinese or somewhere in Asia, where they had, a, um, they had someone who, who had a tree and they were growing the tree and they, there's a tree, a plant and the person's you know as the tree is growing they're yelling at the tree every morning you're a terrible tree you're a stupid tree you're this and yelling and cursing at the tree and then they had another tree where they said ah good morning what Oh, all right. There's a that I've seen the video. I'll say that in a second. But it comes from this thing where they had this tree and they, oh, I love you, this tree. Good morning, this tree. And they did this a secular uh, uh, experiment. And the tree that was yelled at didn't grow properly. And the tree that was coddled and spoken to nicely and warm energy grew in the most beautiful way. That's a tree. That's a tree. And I saw this. Someone sent this to me. I think after I, I said this in Yeshiva a few years ago, someone sent me an experiment that a kindergarten teacher did with rice. We're talking about a doiming. Talking about, a, I mean, rice, I guess, after it's plucked. It's a dome, right? It's an inanimate object. And they had children have a bowl of rice. Some children screamed at it, yelled at it. And then they covered it and put it away. And other children went ahead and said, oh, I love you, Rice, and you're so beautiful and all these things. And they put it away. And a week later, they, t- they took it out. Everyone who yelled at it, the rice was moldy. My, I, I saw it with my own eyes. You read this experiment. What, why am I saying that? Who cares about a tree and who cares about rice? What's the point? Now think about a person. Think about an Adam. Think about a person. Right? People say, oh, I'm going to make sure that I'm a good father. I'm going to show you, I'm going to make sure when my child, I'm going to be nice and I'm going to this and that. Well, I have one challenge for you. How do you talk to yourself? What's your self-talk like? What is your self-talk? Are you good to yourself? Are you nice to yourself? Are you aware of the conversations that you have within your own mind? Of what? Because your child is only going to be an extension of you. And if a person learns to love himself, and people get nervous. I'll love myself, but I gotta discipline myself. I have one question for anyone who asks that question, right? Discipline is also love. People say, oh, love just means you let, you let your kid do whatever you want. That's not love. It's the opposite. When you discipline someone, it's because you love them. What does that mean you discipline? You say, I'm giving, right? I've always said this to guys. People don't, right? If you love yourself, what will you say? So you do things for yourself. Make sure someone who drinks and gets drunk Right? So I'm sorry to disappoint anyone who's hearing this, right? If you drink and you, and you do that, that's a sign of not love. That's a sign of hatred. If you do things that are not good for you, and it's hard for us to hear that. Because what do you mean? 
What do you mean? I do that because it feels good. Okay, it might feel good. That doesn't mean that's love. That's not what love is. Love could be giving yourself boundaries. Love could be setting yourself up with investing in yourself, right? If I love someone, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get them a job. I'm gonna help them be successful. That's loving someone. Loving someone isn't just a hug. People think that, oh, you got a hug and I got to accept everything you do. That's what love. That's also a part of love is hugging and saying positive things. But part of love is also saying no. Saying no to, to yourself. Saying I have boundaries. I have boundaries. So the reason we start off with Lashon Hara and the reason why Lashon Hara is so fundamental to our to our to our to, to Yiddishkeit to Judaism, and it's so so uh, um, uh, so found, foundational, fundamental to, to what a Jew is. Right? The essence of a person is is his speech. Right? We're going to end off with with Sfiras uh, Omer by Shvuas. It ends off with, I'm not going to get into this, it's a whole different uh, shmuz about, about the spheres. but we end off with what? Malchus Sheba Malchus, which is speech, which is ultimately the, the speech. That's what Malchus is. Malchus is communication, the communication of everything. So speech, David HaMelech, David HaMelech, David HaMelech passed away on, on, on Shvuas because he's the Melech. A person is, is, has Malchus, it means how I speak. When a person speaks, that's the ultimate man. Because the ultimate man is a medaber. Is a person davens, a person learns Torah, a person speaks. That's how you manifest who you are. How do you know who a person is? You can meet the most handsome, or you can meet the most good-looking girl, and blah, 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 and then you hear the way he or she speaks, and you're like, they're so ugly. And then you can meet someone who's not so handsome and not so beautiful, and you hear the way they speak, you hear their speech, you hear the way they talk, you say, ah, that's beautiful. A person's defined, because that's who you are, but then again, that's a different conversation. But the point is, the point is, is that when a person learns to focus himself on himself, and a person learns to invest his life in his own life, and that is where he's being mashkia. That's where he's being investing. And you wake up in the morning, that's the biggest challenge. Biggest challenge is we wake up and we look, we look to the left, we look to the right, we look all over the place, we're looking at my roommate, we're looking at my this, we're looking at, especially if you have social media and you're in that world, forget about it. Then you're for sure, you know, you know, why, you know it's not just about you know, a person watching movies and a person watching things that are inappropriate. It's, it's, what it does is, it, is, it, is it, 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 it messes up your brain into the values of what are tr- what's true and what's not true. If in the Hagdama to the Masil Zisharim, he says that even, I mean, it's talking about hundreds of years ago, where he says that it's difficult for a person to recognize a true Jew. It's hard to recognize what a real Oved Hashem is. Sometimes you see someone and you want to copy them. It's hard to be authentic. It's hard to really tap in to who you really are. So for sure when a person is exposed to so much on the outside, it's not just, oh, the dirt and the gross things that are on the outside. What it does is it robs me. It robs each and every one of us of the investment 
in my life. In the Im'ena Nili Mili. You know, it's one of the things they say. We'll talk a little bit about Lag Ba'omer and Rabbi Shum Bar Yachai a little bit. Rabbi Akiva, you know, but, but, um, but one of the points is, is that, is that when a person is able to really, really, really delve into his life and really commit himself to his life, no matter what is going on. You know, one of my inspirations, obviously, I think we all have this, but it's Rabbi Akiva. One of the things that is so powerful about Rabbi Akiva is his failures. Is Rabbi Akiva is, is, is a failure, so to speak, in his, in his life, in his 40 years of his life, in his 24,000 Talmidim are die, right? He's, he's seemingly a, a failure. But what Rabbi Akiva was able to do, that's what it, he could have been. He could have been a failure, say for 40 years. He has a learning disability, whatever, whatever happened by him. It's brought down. There are different pshatim they say about what happened the first 40 years of Rabbi Akiva. He had trouble learning. He had trouble understanding. He, it, didn't, it didn't work for him. He had his, he had his, his all of his Talmidim are dying on the, in, on the entire mission that he spoke about, which is love and respect people. And every one of them, 24,000 Talmidim are dying. So what's going on? How... How was he able to make it through? I think one of the, I think one of the, one of the things we could, we could learn from Rabbi Akiva, and then I want to hear from you, one of the things we can learn from Rabbi Akiva is that, is that his commitment to his mission. How committed am I to my mission? As the Chazal say, Baboiker zra zarecha, ule'arev al-tanech yodecha, which means in the morning plant, and in the evening, continue planting. And who do they say that's talking about? They say it's talking about Rabbi Akiva. Why? Because it says, If you had students when you were young, Have Talmidim when you're older. What, what does that mean? What it means is it doesn't matter if I'm old. It doesn't matter if I'm young. Young and old is all a perception. You can have a guy who's 18 years old. Right? You ever meet a guy who's 18, 19, 20 years old? He's walking around. He sleeps all day. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's uh, grouchy. Uh, it's hard for him to walk around. He snaps at everybody. Right? Sounds like, an old, sounds like an old man to me. And then you can have another old man right? who's full of life. Who's springing, jumping out of bed, running to do things, uh, planning, doing so who's the old man and who's the young man? Being young and old is not about how old you are. A person could be old and he could be 20 years old, 25 years old, because he's already a pessimist. He's already down on his life. He's already given up on himself. And then you could have an 80-year-old, right? You could say an 80-year-old. They say a Meister of Israel, Zalman Meltzer, when he turned 80 years old. Israel of Israel, Zalman Meltzer was, was one of the gedolim of, I would say, double old school. You know, he's Rabbi Aaron Cutler's father-in-law. So it's, you're talking about two generations back. We can't imagine the, the, the greatness of Israel. He said when he turned 80, he goes, now I'm excited. I turned 80. Now I can learn Be'in. That's what he says. Whatever that means, we can't imagine. Now I can delve into the depths of Torah. I mean, he was a Goyen Olam. But he said, what does that mean? That's a, that's, that's a perspective of life. Rabbi Akiva has 24,000 Talmidim die. Right? Go, go, go get another job. Why are you teaching anymore? You messed up. 40 years, nothing's happening. 
right? 40 years. What year of yeshiva are you in? I'm in my 40th year in yeshiva, and I'm still struggling. Whoa, why are you here for 40 years still struggling? There's something wrong with you. Rabbi Akiva would have said, what are you talking about? That's not true. It's not true. Who's going to label me of what my success is going to be? And when you're tuned into yourself, and your commitment is to yourself, nobody can stop you. Doesn't mean you don't get advice from other people. But it means is that I'm, I'm committed to get to where I'm going to get to, and nothing is going to stop me. And when you begin that, the earlier you begin that, the more successful you will be. The more successful as a person you will be. Okay, let's get some questions, comments from everybody out here, please. Comments are welcome also, and questions. So speak to someone who's 33. Don't even speak to me. Speak to someone, yeah. I'm saying don't even even think at the 50. Speak to someone who's 28 and wishes he could be 23. Speak to someone who's 32. Speak to someone who's 10 years. I'm not saying speak to someone who's, who's, you know, 30 years older. Speak to anyone who's five years older than you at your stage. Who could say, speak to someone, right, who's a few years older than you and say, oh, I wish I could be... 23. I wish I could. What would I do when I'm 20? And let me ask you something. When you're 33, you don't think you're going to be like, oh, I wish I would be somewhere else. I wish I this. You're going to want to be, say, oh, I wish I was 23 again. I wish I was 25. So, so what's the Eitzah? The Eitzah is, so do now what you would want to do when you would look back. If you're going to look back in 10 years from now and say, I wish I could have done this then. So do that now. Do that right now. Do whatever you're going to regret. Do that now. And if you live like that, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be the king of, of, of your life. You'll be the captain of your ship. I mean, you are the captain of your ship. You are the, the... But when a person lives like that and says, okay, how could I live now that in five years from now I'm going to be proud of myself? Of course there's regret. Of, uh... Where's the regret? If Rabbi Akiva at 40 started his life. He started his life at 40. That's the lesson to us. The lesson to us is that you guys are young. We're all young. Everybody's young. Everyone's young. Yeah. Is it, is it like feasible like that someone should hit 40 and like, okay, now I'm going to start. Like, who's doing that? Do why, but why are, you, why are you worried about someone who's 40? Why don't you worry about someone who's 23? Why are you worried about someone who's 40? Someone who's 23. Can someone go like this at 23? What is that, Aaron? Huh? Also 40. Right. So yeah, there are many examples. Look, Rabbi Lazarus, right, is sitting in this shear. I'm embarrassed that Rabbi Lazarus is sitting in this shear. Embarrassed. Why is he sitting in here? Exactly. Do you hear that? You hear that? You hear that? Can you hear Rabbi Lazarus? Rabbi Lazarus is a Rosh Yeshiva. Rabbi Lazarus could be my, I don't want to say, right? It definitely could be uh, uh, my Rosh Yeshiva. And he's sitting here. Why is he sitting here listening to a, a younger person? So what did he just answer? Because I want to learn something. So who's, who's old and who's young? 
Someone who's not here, oh, I know it all. What do you know it all? What do you know it all? The older you are, and the more you're able to say, I want to learn. I want to learn from somebody. I want to learn from everybody. That's, that's how you, that's, that's what life's about. That's what life is about. That's what life is about. And the more you, you think like that, and you don't think about 23, it doesn't matter what age you are, but especially now in your life. If you're not going to do that now, let, think about it this way, guys. Think about it this way. If you're not excited, now this is hard sometimes for you, for people to hear, but I'm going to say it. If you're not motivated now and you're not excited about life and you're not dreaming about life, I'm not saying you don't have hard days. I'm not saying you don't have hard days. And I'm not saying that you have to have everything perfectly aligned. But I'm saying if you're not hungry for life, like I'm going to kill it. Either I'm going to be a big rich guy, or I'm going to be a big Talmud Chacham, or both. Or I'm going to be a big doctor, I'm going to be a big lawyer, a big businessman, or a big whatever. Or a big plumber, it doesn't matter what you do. But I'm going to be a big me. If you're not thinking like that now, again, I'm not saying you don't have your struggles. If you're not thinking like that now, in 10 years from now, you think you're going to be thinking like that? When you have a wife and kids and you're more stuck. You're more stuck in a certain thing, even though you're never stuck. But who do you think's harder for them to get excited about the prospects of life, of what I could become, who I could become? A 21-year-old? A 25-year-old? A 19-year-old? Or a 35-year-old? A 35-year-old's already got his belly a little bit. 35-year-old is already schlepping himself a little bit more. He's already complaining about his back's hurting a little bit more. My wife, my in-laws, all that stuff. You guys don't have that. And even the 35-year-old could change his life. So that's a challenge to everybody here. And I'm happy to give you that challenge. I'm happy to give you that challenge to ask yourself, so why aren't I hungry for greatness? And if I'm not hungry for greatness, that's a question. I'm not saying it's a problem. I'm saying it's a question. I would question myself if at your age I'm not hungry for greatness. Now you could say, well, I'm not sure in what area I want to be great. Good, that's a good kasha. That's a good question. I'm not sure if my greatness is going to be here. I'm not sure if my greatness is going to be here or my greatness is going to be here. But I definitely am going to become great at whatever it is that I'm, that I, that I'm, that I'm doing. And you want to ask yourself, where am I in, on that on that, on that? Scale. Okay. Yes, anyone else before we learn the halacha? Aaron, what do you say, Aaron? Okay, we'll give you a, a few minutes to settle in. Okay, yeah, we good? Yes. Did the greats ever have their downs? Of course. That's how they became great. It's almost like you set me up. That's too easy of a setup. It's like an alley-oop for me. Do great, great people ever have their downs? You know what I think it is? Maybe Rabbi Lazarus could, could, uh, could, could give me the... It's a little bit hard because I'm sort of like making him have to say this. But I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think that great people have more downs. You know why? I'll tell you why I'm saying that. Because they have more ups also. They have more sheva yipol tzadik v'kam. It's not the down. The difference between great and not is not whether you have downs. It's whether you get up. Everybody has downs. Everybody has their Eurydice. It's just, and the reason I'm saying more is because the more you get up, the more you'll go down. If you stay down, you don't get up as much. But a person who's constantly, constantly 
having their ups and downs and ups and downs. That's a, I don't know how it works with the heartbeats, but I assume a healthy person is more, he's not like that and like that. You know, it's constant. It's constant. There's constant, there's constant stuff going on. There's constant stuff going on. So yeah, you have your downs, you have your ups, you have your downs. You can't be afraid of that. You know, people think you have to have a great day every day. I have to have a great day. Have a hard day. That's, that could also be a great day. I had a hard day. I had a tough day. What's wrong with saying? I had a tough day. Welcome to life. So you had a tough day. So I think great people are the rabba. I think great people have their struggles. And they struggle and they struggle. But they don't let their struggle. That's Rabbi Akiva. They don't let their struggle get to them. They don't let their struggle destroy them. They have their struggle motivate them. Let it motivate. And that's hard. I'm not saying it's not hard. It's a good point. It's not easy. But it's not easy to become great. I think it's more simple. It's, I think it's pretty simple. It might be hard. But it's pretty simple. It might be hard. Because it is hard. But, but, it's, but, 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 it's, but it's... But then you taste greatness. Then you taste uh, amazing relationships. To have an amazing relationship with someone takes dedication. Takes commitment takes being uncomfortable, takes all of that. And when you do that and you live like that, having a great relationship with yourself is difficult. Having a great relationship with yourself, having a great relationship with your wife, having a great relationship with your kids, what do you think? You're just gonna have kids and you're gonna have a great relationship with them, why? Why would that happen? You have to work for that. You think you have just a great relationship with your wife, why? Why would that happen? You're not gonna have a great relationship. Assume, assume you're not gonna have a great relationship with your wife. Assume you're not going to have a great relationship with your kids. Assume you're not going to have a good relationship with your, with your boss, with your company this. Unless I do something about it. Unless I actively work towards it. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm always working towards that. And it takes time. And at every stage. At every stage. You think 23 you have challenges. And you think I have, I, I have at my age I have things. I have things that I wish could have, should have. It's even more. Even more. I wish I would have done these things when I was younger. I wish. You have more. And I've said this. You guys have heard this from me. The teenager. You ever heard this from me? The teenager who wears the shirt that says no regrets. I say big deal. You just, you're just around. You've just been around for three, four years. How many regrets? If Rabbi Lazarus is walking around with a shirt that says no regrets. That's greatness. That's greatness. When you get to a certain age... <laughs> See? That's what I'm saying. Correct. That's godless. That's what I'm saying. That's the godless. And you're going to have regrets. It's okay. That's part of being, that's part of life is having regrets and hopefully it motivates you. It does like we spoke about yesterday. Like we spoke about yesterday. You got to know your pulse well. Does this motivate me or does it push me down? If it pushes you down, run for the hills. If you have a roommate, you have someone who, who at this stage in your life, you've got to surround yourself with people who motivate you, who make you feel better about yourself, who strengthen you. And this is hard to hear sometimes, and it's hard for me to even, to even say it, because I'm saying it, a lot of people listen to this sheer, and I don't want to offend anybody. But at certain stages, and, and I'm, I'm saying this with a grain of sugar for anyone who's going to say it, but I'm going to say it because I think it's important to say it. Sometimes, even close people, even, again, sometimes even with parents. And again, you have to be honor your parents. And I'm not one of those people who's that. You have to honor. But sometimes, if I can't, I've, and I've spoken to guys. If you have a parent who's a toxic parent, 
Again, I'm not saying, and, they, and, they, and they're hurting you, and they make things difficult for you. Sometimes you have to say, maybe I need to step away from that, or maybe I need to have different boundaries. Of course, you have to be machab with your parents. I don't want to, but my point is, you got to really, really care for yourself, and you got to put yourself in an environment where, where, where you're getting support, and you're getting love, and you're getting encouragement, and you're getting challenged to be who you want to be and to be greatness. The Mesil Sharm says it straight out. We said this yesterday also, Hevra. A Hevra could pull you down so far. The people you hang around with, the people you hang around with, you hang around with, with healthy, great, functional, positive, strong people, that's what's going to affect you. You don't hang around people like that. It's very, very, very dangerous who you hang around with. Very, very hard. And it's hard. It's hard to choose that. Very hard to choose that. What? Correct. Right. 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 Correct. And if, like Rabbi Lazarus is saying, if you are, if you yourself, part of that, what Rabbi Lazarus is saying is that, is that when you value yourself, when you value yourself a certain way, you're naturally going to be attracted and you will attract a certain type of person. When people see a person who has respect, people get energy very quickly. People can tell energy. When people want to give, give in to their desires or they want to, people who are easy, easy to, to whatever it might be, people get that. That's what we talk about Lush and Har all the time. Somebody who's sitting around talking about other people, you can smell in a second. This guy, I'm going to have a conversation with him. I always say that. Well, what do I do if I'm having a conversation with someone speaking Lashon Hara? Well, is that the first time you had a conversation with this guy? Or every time you speak to this guy, you're having a conversation about other people. So now whose fault is it that you're having this conversation? Why are you going over to the guy? You know you're going to go over to that guy and that's going to be the conversation. You know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get when you're with someone. And when I, when I, when I present myself a certain way, when I believe in myself a certain way, when I have certain goals, then I make sure that the people around me are going to push me to get to the goals and support me and strengthen me to get to where I want to get to. Okay, let's learn a halacha or questions. I love questions, please. Do it for me, do it for everybody, but I'm saying, uh, yes, sure. What happens if a guy is a very positive person? Always, always, but. 10% of, of the time, you know he's going to have a negativity. Do you still hang around with him? Yeah, so it depends how, you know. <laughs> right. right. Someone well, who's you very know, positive. You know guys like, like a very good person, but okay. Hey, listen, we all have our bad days. We all have our negative moments, like Rabbi, like Rabbi Lazarus is saying. We all, a guy who's... Oh, it's not about it's that. Not, it's, it's, not so, it's, not, it's, not, it's not about that. It's about choosing. This gets into another conversation. It's about choosing. It's really for yourself. It's really for yourself. Who is helping you on your journey? Make a list. People are afraid to do that. First of all, what's my journey? And who's helping me get to my journey? And you could have a list of five names, seven names. You could have ten names. You could have three names. What is my journey? And who are the people? Now, it doesn't mean that you're not friendly with your roommate. It doesn't mean you don't say hi to somebody. It doesn't mean that you're not friendly in the dining room. Sure, you can be friendly with, friendly with everybody. But who are the people who I go to on a daily basis? Who are the people like, like Shua? You have that video. We have that video of Shua talking about the, the athlete. The athlete 
who has 10 coaches. Who are my, who are my people who are rooting me on? We all, need, we all need people saying, go, go, you could do it. Who are the people who believe in you? Who are the people who are pushing you down? And who are the people who believe in you? And you surround yourself. Now, it doesn't mean you can't take criticism. You can't surround yourself by somebody who's going to tell you, oh, you're great, you're great, you're great. That's also, but people could say, you know, you got to work on this, you got to work on this. That's great. But people who believe in you, that'll change your life. Get, get those people. And people who don't believe in you say, oh, they're pulling you away from your greatness. You got to ask yourself about that. You have to ask yourself, why am I putting myself in that predicament? Why am I around those people? Why am I around those people? You know, successful people and strength just motivates all of us. It motivates you. It gives you a whole different perspective. And it's hard. One of the hardest things to do is for a person to change his peer group and to change his friends. It's very, very hard. Because maybe I'll be left alone. Maybe I'll be left alone. So you have to ask yourself, am I willing to sell my soul? Am I willing to sell my life for somebody else? Or am I willing to say, I'm willing to be alone? Like we learned yesterday. I'm willing, what was the chazal? Even if, you are, if people call you a shota your entire life, that is better than be considered Russia even for one moment in front of Hashem. Which means, if I know something is right, you know, you guys know that experiment. It was an experiment that they did many, many years ago. Um, I forgot the name of the experiment. What? What am I talking about? With the one guy and the two guys? Okay. There's an experiment that they did once many years ago. I've I've spoken about this, but it's good to chazer it over. And this fits with what we're saying with Rabbi Akiva also. Where the experiment was, they put a guy, they put a guy in a classroom with hundreds of people, and they they made up before the guy came in the in the classroom that everyone's gonna lie. I'll just give an example. Let's say, let's say the example that they put on the board. It wasn't this simple. Would be 5 plus 5 equals 10. And this guy comes in there and he goes, uh, 5 plus 5 equals 10. And everybody in the crowd, they had 200 people in the crowd, they said, what? No, it's not. 5 plus 5 is 11. And he's like, no, 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 5 plus 5 is 10. And the whole entire crowd said, no, 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 they're arguing. What happened to the guy at the end? He gave it. He gave in. Then, you had, then they had the same experiment and they had two people come in. They had a guy stand next to somebody else and they said, what's five plus five? And they both looked at each other and they said 10, right? And they had the same amount of people saying, no, five plus five is 11, five plus 11. Did they buckle in? No. They stood strong. Why? Because they had each other. They had each other to strengthen each other. Now, there are two things we can learn from that. One thing is, I always say this over when I talk about Avram Avinu. Why? Because Avram Avinu, they say, is called Avraham Ha'ivri. Why it was called Avram Ha'ivri? Right? So Pashib Pshat is because he was Me'ever Ayardin. The other Pshat is, right, he was from the other side of the, the, the river. Right? The Euphrates, I think. Right? The, the other Pshat, they say, is that who echad the the other? Imagine if the whole world is telling you one thing, but you have to dig deep inside yourself to live what you know to be correct. Now I add to that shot. It's also good to have somebody next to you who could strengthen you 
and say, yes, you're right. Because the whole world, the whole world might be telling you you can't make it. And it could be you grew up and you went to elementary and, and it hurts. If you grew up, and I said this, I think yesterday or two days ago, if you went to elementary school and you were not Matzliach, and you might have learning disabilities, and you might have this, and you spaced out in class, and you were this, and they threw, so you know, I remember someone telling me the, the teacher used to throw erasers at them, and they throw chalk, and you dummy, and you this. But listen, many, many of us, everyone has, no school is perfect, and some schools are less perfect than others. And it could be you've had terrible teachers who put you down and told you terrible things about. But you know what? Find that one teacher who loved you. Find that one person who believed in you. Find that one teacher. You know, sometimes I speak to guys and they say, yeah, oh, and, and, and it's real. And I'm not making light of it. They say, oh, I have trauma from this Rebbe. And, and again, it's real. I'm not, but I, I'm trying to make a point. You know, I had trauma from this Rebbe, and this Rebbe did this, and this Rebbe did this. Well, I'm like, every Rebbe? Every teacher? No, but what are you focusing on? You're focusing on that one teacher who was terrible. You're focusing on those five teachers who are terrible. And you don't have one teacher that you can hang on to? So is it the teacher, or is it you? And again, and I'm not saying that people who don't have trauma and don't have challenges from their upbringings and educators, 100%, 100%, and they're wrong. And a teacher who's a bad teacher who doesn't know how to teach and had negative things is wrong. They are wrong. There's never an excuse for a teacher to, 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 to do whatever that is. There's never an excuse. But at the same time, why am I hyper-focused on the negative? And I'm not appreciating how many teachers I had who did believe in me, or that one teacher. I know myself, Baruch Hashem. I, I went to school, went to high school, graduated, did everything. And I had terrible teachers who I thought were, were, were terrible. But I also, when I think back, I try and think about all the teachers who believed in me, or teachers who were beautiful, teachers who, who were there for me, whatever it might be. That's the key. Yes, Avi. I was going to say, you, unless you have like a really messed up teacher, usually there's, there's good and bad days. You know, there's some days where they treat you terribly, and some days where they'll... Right, that's, a, that's, you. that's an even better attitude. Exactly. You want to focus on what I... If I want to focus on the fact that life is going to be hard for me and my upbringing and my parents and, oh, wait till you meet my father and my mother and my, my teachers and my this and that, you, you'll have a voice. Many people will agree with you and you might be right about everything that you're saying. But one of my favorite lines that I actually heard from one of my, uh, one of my mentors, I'll call, from, uh, actually from, from uh, Rabbi Freiman knows who I'm talking about, Stan Lussman. I remember he told us, on, he was one of my coaches in, uh, in, uh, in ninth grade, a basketball coach. I remember he said this line, I've said this to you many times. Excuses don't produce results. You're right. You're 100% right. You're right. The reason you're an angry guy is because your father's an angry guy. And your mother's angry too. And the reason you're lazy is because it's in the family genes. And the reason that you have tivus is because this one, and they're all right, and you might need to go to therapy, and everything is validated. You're 100% right. And I'm not saying that in a, in a like, a bidi evit. I'm not saying that like a pat on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. I mean it for real. People have real pain, and you have to deal with that. But at the end of the day... At the end of the day, you get to a certain age and you got to look in the mirror 
You have to look in the mirror and you have to say, bottom line. And again, I wouldn't say this to a 15-year-old. I wouldn't say it to a 13-year-old. I, wouldn't, I would say, I feel bad for you. Wait five more years and you'll come to Nisil Sharm and we'll talk about it. But till then, you're right. You are free pass. Your life was miserable, messed up. Your father didn't give you the attention you needed. Your mother is uh, too much anxiety. Whatever you're going to say, you can say all those things. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, are you starting your life? Is it your life? Because I can tell you like this. You could be 50 years old. You could be 50 years old. Right? Yeshaya, I'll say a joke in your, uh, in your honor. I love listening to Yeshaya. He's a funny guy and he says great jokes. I'm going to give you a joke. Uh, you don't have to quote me on it next time. You, if you like, if you think it's a funny joke. It's a Musser joke, but it's a funny joke. Right? They say there were three, a, a, a woman had three children. She had the, uh, the doctor, the lawyer, and this guy who was like, whatever, still living in the house at 50 years old, whatever it is, right? Okay? Right? And one of her friends said, which one is your favorite? And she said, my favorite is, you know, the one who does nothing all day. He says, I don't get it, right? I don't get it. He's 50 years old. He doesn't have a job. You have this doc, this son who's prestigious. He buys you a Rolls Royce. You have this lawyer. He takes you on vacation. So she says, no, you know why I like my 50-year-old son? Because he, I don't know, but twice a week he goes to someone and he pays them. And all he does is talk about me all day. Okay, shy. is that good? Is that a, is okay? What? You're going to quote me on that one? Okay. Only after you get the good laughs from it. But what's the point? And again, I'm not, I'm not taking away from people. You need to see a therapist and you need to talk about your trauma. And you, need, you have to. You have to. You have to. You have to. And people have real problems. But I don't want to be 50 years old. And again, if you have to revisit things, you can revisit things. But, but at what point are you going to say, yes, I, my parents, my teachers, like I've said many times, either way you have to be machabed your parents. Either way you have to honor your parents. Why? And you have to thank them. Why? Because if you're right, we'll, tell, we'll, we'll deal with the, uh, father. I'll say father. Because sons and fathers are, are more, you know... At least that's what it was in our growing up. I think it's still like that. Father, sons, right? Right? Why? Why? Because so, let's say you have a terrible father. You still have to be thankful. Why? Because you're going to say, thank you, Dad, for being so terrible. I'm going to do everything you didn't do. Or I'm going to do the opposite of what you did. And many people do that. When you're a child, you look up and you're like, I ain't doing that. Wait till you're married and have kids. You might do it anyway. But the point is, you'll say, there's no way I'm doing that. And then you also have to be thankful to your parents because if, if he was a great dad, you have to say thank you for making me be a great dad. So either way, but bottom line is that you've got to get to a stage in your life. You have to. I mean, you really don't have to because you'll just continue. But my point is my advice because I, I, try and, I try and live by what I'm saying right now also. You, got, you want to. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. You want to get to a stage in life and it's hard. Where you say, I am going to create the life that I want to create. I'm going to make it happen. My parents didn't have a good marriage. I don't care. I'm going to make sure I have a good marriage. My father didn't know how to, how to have money in the house. And he just spent or he wasn't available. I'm going to be available. I'm going to do whatever it is. My, you know, my teachers or Judaism, Yiddishkeit, you know, was, 
was uh, pushed down a certain way by me. I'm going to learn to have a relationship with Hashem on my terms. I'm going to learn about Judaism. That's one of the things I always tell people. Right? They say, oh, I have this time about Judaism. I have this. I say, what do you know about Judaism? What do you know historically about Judaism? What do you know about the Jews? What do you know about the Jewish people? What do you know about your family tree? Where do you come from? It's not that you don't like Judaism. You don't like certain experiences, right? I don't like Gemara. Okay, I, people have had bad experiences with Gemara. So it's not that you don't like Gemara. You might not, ha- you have to say, I'm willing to have a new, it doesn't have to be now, it could be in three years from now. I've told people, then don't learn Gemara. Don't learn Gemara. Learn Chumash. Learn, read a, read a same. It doesn't have to be, I'm saying if I'm committed to have a good relationship with God, I'm committed to create a new relationship with Hashem, and you'll be okay. You'll be more than okay. Okay, we have a few minutes left. If anyone has any questions, we'll do one halacha in in um, in Chavetz Chaim, and we'll we'll well, I'll actually end off with a quote from uh, from the Gra in the Geras Hagra in the letter that the Gra wrote. Anyone have any question comments before Aaron Yitzi back there? Come on, give us some strength. What do you guys say? What do they, te- what do they teach you? You're in the army, you're trying to repass that. What? Ain't Terutzim? Yes, Hopefully, right? Correct. Hopefully. It's hard. It's hard. The balance, the key, the key is that balance. I think people get mixed up because they think it's all, either all acceptance and I can do whatever I want, or it's the army. That's how people look at it. It's either I don't care what you think, do it anyway, or I care what you think and you could do nothing. No, there's a balance. There's a balance of discipline. There's a balance, that's what we're in Sirius Omer. It's balance. It has to be balanced. You need chesed and you need gura, which brings you to teferes, beauty. Beautiful things are not, not, nothing is exactly this way or that way. There's always a balance in life. A person has to work on their. There, if you need to blame, if you need to blame your parents and you need to blame your past, spend, pay somebody to do that. Pay a therapist once a week, twice a week, and talk and, and spend those hours or two saying all that you have to say. But what happens is what people do is they spend the, their whole week, you know, carrying the, the, the bag. They're, they're, they haven't let go of the, the baggage. They're carrying the baggage as opposed to really, really focusing and trying to change as much as they can. Okay, let's do the halacha. It's actually the pshad. It says that Chavetz um, Chaim, he says, in Avast Reb Nassim, well, first I'll quote that, it says that, um, here, if one is stuck in a group of friends who are speaking Lashon Hara, and he sits quietly and does not participate, they will think badly of him. You still are not allowed to join the conversation. At a time like this, a person can use all of his self-control not to give in to the temptation, and he should know that his reward from Hashem will be never-ending. As it says in Pirkei Avos, Lefum Tsara Agra. The more you, according to the pain that a person deals with and has, that's what you get out of it. 
as it says in Avas Drubnasan, if one keeps a mitzvah when it is difficult for him, listen to this, it is a hundred times greater than when he keeps a mitzvah that is easy for him. Which parenthetically, that's one of the things I always say about how you can never judge anybody. You can never judge anybody. Why do I say that? Because I talk about Shabbos. People struggle with Shabbos. I don't struggle, Baruch I love Shabbos. So who gets more schar? And who's more connected with their Shabbos? Right? I don't struggle all with Shabbos. You have someone who struggles and he tries and he wants to connect to Shabbos. So, his, his is hundred times. Someone who learns Gemara. Oh, it's easy for me to learn Gemara. It's easy for me to learn Chumash. It's easy for me to be in the base Medrash. And then you have a guy that it's difficult for him to be in the base Medrash. It's difficult for him to daven. hundred times more, he says. So the Chavetz Chaim says this with the following famous Medrash quoted by the Vilna Gon to a situation like this. Every moment that a person closes his mouth from speaking forbidden words, he is zocha to a hidden spiritual light that even a malach cannot imagine. When a person doesn't talk about other people, and I, and I, and I like explaining the pshat over here, is because sometimes when you stop looking at someone else and you're willing to be quiet in a situation, that's when Hashem will help you tap into yourself. Those are the moments where it shows your gvura, your strength of who you are. Okay, Hashem will help each and every one of us. It was an honor to have you, Rabbi Lazarus, uh, in the shir. It was very uh, special. And uh, thank you for being here. And everyone, for that matter, uh, it should be an incredible log bomer. And just to tell everyone, there's a halachic shayla, not paskening this, but they say, let's say you say tonight, now we could say it's log bomer. But let's say at 9 o'clock you say, it's Lag Bomer. Okay, so it's a Shiloh whether you're, right, it's Lag Bomer. Did you count the Omer or not? I think you have to be a little bit careful. I think we say it's okay. But be careful when you say it's Lag Bomer. Maybe bench uh, the 33rd day earlier. That way you could say it's Lag Bomer tonight. Anyway, we shall be zochet to, to tap into the spiritual light of Lag Bomer. It's a very holy, holy, Kabbalistic day, whatever Whatever it is, it's definitely a time. It's always a good time to daven and to do good things and to bein al chaveiro, uh, and, and especially in an auspicious time like Lag Baomer, which be zocha to the to the to the hidden spiritual light that Hashem has in store for all of us, and Hashem should keep all of Klal Yisrael safe, and it should be a wonderful, wonderful yomtiv for everybody. Have a wonderful first day of the rest of your life.